Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The field goal for Santos. Again, this direction has been the issue spot for kickers. And the Falcons have a DB deep in case he's short to try to run this back. Santos. And this is going to be returned by Alford. Alford. 15. They got a lot of slower players on the look field. Out, these, type of, these type of plays on a short field goal. And Alford maneuvers down the sideline, maneuvers back in. Alford stumbles down at the 15. Wow, he almost did it. Shades of the Iron Bowl while back. <laughs> short field goal with the toes near the back of the end zone. Alford almost all the way. A whole lot for nothing. <laughs> Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. We are chock full of phone calls here. Anthony Heron, The Post Post Show on The Score. After another Bears win, they are now 7-9 and nine on the season. That was a moment towards the end of the first half today, so thank you to CBS Sports for that audio. My guy Chris Lewis on the call. But you think back to a couple of weeks ago, Against the Cleveland Browns, a game that the Bears lost by a close margin. And so part of the question then was, well, why at the end of the first half do you set Justin Fields up to take a big hit on a Hail Mary? Why not allow Cairo Santos to attempt a 55-yard field goal in very difficult weather conditions in Cleveland? One of the one of the more difficult stadiums to kick field goals in in Cleveland. They have their swirling winds off the lake just like we do here. In Chicago, today's game, 55-yarder. The attempt from Cairo Santos in very difficult field conditions. Uh, Richard Hightower, the Bears special teams coach, I would imagine will we'll likely term that as a monster kick. Um, and the, he, he talked through with the media after the Cleveland game just all the different machinations they go through, having the, the data to support based off what's happened throughout the week, where they've been throughout the season, what the opponent tends to do in these scenarios, and – what happened in pregame that particular day. Bears decided to go for the monster kick at the end of the first half today. And man, did it almost cost him. Now, going back to the decision against Cleveland a couple weeks ago, though, where there was a lot of query, you know, a lot, a lot of folks trying to figure out why that guy, Matt Eberflus, wouldn't have attempted, you know, Cairo Santos' career long is 55 yards, as though every 55-yarder is created equal. So I did what I could to try to explain on this station and other platforms, what the likely thought process was where Matt Eberflus, in consultation, you know, very definitively with Richard Hightower, why they decided not to attempt that one against Cleveland. I would be curious to hear what the what the conversation was like going into that situation today, where Alfred almost ran that back. So well done by Robert Tunyon and and several others for hustling, but Tunyon was the guy who finally just narrowly Got him on the ground, 
before what would have been a nearly 100-yard return touchdown to close the half. But that is one of the risks that you take when you're, when you're going to kick a deep field goal in those weather conditions that you know, will, will very possibly come up short. And you got all your big bodies out there trying to tackle people in open space. You got big bodies and specialists trying to make tackles with all that space and opportunity for the opponent. So they, the Bears certainly uh, dodged uh, what, what may have been termed, might have been viewed as a self-inflicted wound there if, uh, if the Falcons were able to run that one back. But they didn't, and it didn't cost them. But just to think in the context of maybe every decision Matt Eberflus makes is not an idiotic decision because that's kind of what it got spun into when they lost the, the game by three against Cleveland a couple of weeks back. 312-644-6767. Some folks have been on hold waiting to get involved in the conversation here about the Bears. John is out in Naperville. John, you're on the Post Post Show. What's happening? Oh, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Um, when I jumped on the call uh, about an hour ago, um, a couple of things were driving me nuts about the postgame show and – all the talk in the pregame show about resetting the quarterback contract clock, uh, trading, you know, trading Justin Fields or getting rid of him and then going with a, a Drake May or a Caleb Williams. The problem is you can talk about the contract clock all you want, but what that also does is it restarts the, the, the development clock. And we're in a window now where we've got DJ Moore's contract, we've got Montez Sweat's contract, and that's, that is a window for the Super Bowl. And frankly, if we're going to go ahead and – Trade Justin Fields and not and, and take one of the overall top quarterbacks. Great, but when was the last time we had a, one of the all-time great quarterbacks start as a rookie? And then versus how many ta- how many draft gurus have we seen miss on the Achilles Smiths, uh, the the Tim Couches? Uh, take your pick. They're wrong far more often than they're right. And then the other thing about that too is. Um, when it comes to Justin, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to be a full, a full-on Justin Fields apologist when I say this, and and I'm happy to do so. When it comes down to all the stats that people cite, they look at the first year of Matt Nagy, which we all know was horrible, and then last year, we look at a lot of Justin Fields' stats when we were intentionally tearing the team down and we wanted to be bad, and yet when it comes to the analysis of Justin, what Justin Fields has done. We count that against them when we were trying to lose and we celebrated when we lost and we got the first overall pick. So I'm sorry, but I hear a lot of this stuff in the media and I, I, it, I don't know exactly where to put it except for in the round circuit, the, the circular file for lack of a better term. And, and, and <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you on that, John. It's a really good phone call. And I love the point that you make, John, about it doesn't only reset the contract clock, but it resets the development clock as well. And that has got to be a a part of the consideration for Ryan Poles. Now, again, kind of to the point I was making towards the end of the previous hour, if he feels like in evaluating, and certainly the evaluation has begun on these college prospects, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, there's a variety of guys who may end up in that conversation as the top quarterback in this next draft cycle right now. Caleb Williams has been viewed as that guy for the last couple of seasons here, and he is an exceptionally gifted passer. When I was talking about the tangible versus the intangible with Justin Fields, 
the intangibles or the the stuff bucket that Trent Dilfer was on the, on this uh, network with uh, with Parkins and Spiegel talking about quite a bit last season. That matters a lot, you know. Like when, when I'm when I'm confident a quarterback is going to miss in the NFL, it's more frequently because of the intangible than the tangible. When you're in the conversation of being a first round pick or certainly being a, a number one overall pick, you know they're not all cut from the same cloth. Not not everybody is Josh Allen as a physical specimen. Not everyone is Justin Herbert with that size and athleticism and arm strength. But do you have the requisite mental acuity? Do you have the emotional maturity to go through the ringer in the way that you are going to go through as a pro quarterback and everything that goes into that? That's where Justin Fields has certainly been off the charts in that regard. Then, you know, what level of patience will there be to continue to watch the development play out here and that development clock that John from Naperville points out, that's a big part of the evaluation for if they move on from Justin Fields, if they bring in a rookie quarterback, how far of a step back are you taking in the, the production, in the maturity, in the way that that position has now galvanized the locker room, the way that all these guys for the Bears have been through something together. And I've been through a lot of winning as an athlete. I've been through a lot of losing as an athlete, certainly. There's a lot to be learned from losing, but there's a lot of growth that can happen from going through hard times together, and especially when you know who the guy is, who the alpha is, kind of at the at the top of the food chain for you, who's the main one that's kind of taking all that on. I think back to even last season, the, the loss at Washington, and you know players watching Justin Fields peel himself up off, off the turf over and over again with the offensive line, the way they struggled that night. There's all these moments that they've been through together, and it's a part of the reason that the locker room is is so vociferously supporting Justin Fields. So, again, that doesn't mean that Ryan Poles would definitively be making the wrong call to move on, but what does he think about not only the tangible but the intangible of some of these prospects at the top of the draft and what they would do, what they would infuse into the current construct of this Bears locker room and to John and Naperville's point, How much does that reset the development clock? How big of a step back would you potentially be taking at QB? 312-644-6767. Let's get Mike in Chicago, a part of the discussion here about Justin Fields as well. Happy New Year to you, Mike. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. I was calling in in reference to Justin Fields. I'm a Justin Fields fan. I'm I'm an avid Justin Fields fan. And I was calling – in reference to like, if we go back to the first year, first year is was a wash with Matt Nagy. The second year, they were breaking down the team to the bare minimum. So most of the players that was on the Bears roster are not even in the NFL now, right? And then the third year, you see the development and the growth in Justin Fields. And then they talk about um, drafting a new quarterback. If you if you draft um, Williams or May, when you look at their college record, their college record ain't better than Justin Fields. Also, if you look at the competition who um, Caleb Williams played against in uh, ranked team is horrible. May the same thing. So I don't see where they say he's a transitional uh, quarterback when he's he don't win big – neither one of them win big games. And Justin Fields, 
has one big game when he's in, in college and stuff like that. And like to, today's game was a terrific game for him, but he's been dealt, dealt a bad hand for three years. But then you also want him to be terrific when he ain't have nothing to throw with, throw to until he got a uh, DJ Moore. And the the weaponry around him has certainly enhanced. But yes, it, it could definitely continue to uptick as well. I appreciate the the call, Mike and. You know, to me, the main spot that that we continue to see with Justin Fields, you know, I, I thought today was a great example of growth and development, even on some of those plays, like the, the third and eight play in the third quarter where he eludes a couple of different free rushers. One of the times the, the Falcons end up blitzing and they're, they're just on top of him right away and he evo- evades one rusher. And there's another 300-pounder who's all over his legs, and he steps away from both of them and then runs for a first down. And Soldier Fields come, Soldier Field comes to life. The sideline is just immediately just all over Justin Fields for seeing this amazing play that he just made with his legs after seeing the way that he's been dominating the game with his arm, with his eyes, with his mind. This is a game that showed a lot of development for Justin Fields. You want to see that on a more consistent basis, not just the amazing plays of scrambling you think back to a couple of weeks ago, the play with Miles Garrett bearing down on him, like gets around Braxton Jones right off the bat down in the red zone, and Justin Fields able to extend that play and throw a touchdown pass to Cole Komet. You don't only want to see Justin Fields do the amazing. You want to see him do the mundane on a more consistent basis, and I really felt like today's game was, was an example of that. Watching the Bears quarterback do the mundane on a more consistent basis while also mixing in some of those wow moments as a quarterback he is developing we have watched his development play out over the last couple of seasons and even throughout this season but yet and still you do have now looming definitively the number one overall pick in the draft that's there and so it it is certainly a part of the the discussion the decision for Ryan Poles but I, I don't think it's an easy choice by any stretch because it's not only Justin Fields that's a part of that evaluation. Now, I guess if it were only Justin Fields a part of that evaluation, then you could look at it and say, well, if they just don't think he's good enough or they don't think he's going to continue developing, then maybe they would just feel like the Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren would feel like they just need to move on regardless. I think it'd be very far-fetched to think that Justin Fields hasn't shown enough to the Bears brass to say, yeah, we, we think this is a guy we could potentially build a winner around while at the same time, I don't believe he has definitively shown that he is – the, the key cog in a Super Bowl formula yet either. He's not at that point in his development either. This isn't going to be some offseason where Justin Fields would be expecting a nine-figure contract. It would basically come down to either they would be, in my opinion, either they would pass on bringing a quarterback in to give Justin Fields another season or two if they pick up the fifth-year option, but they could say we'll give Justin Fields at least another season to show that he can be the key part of a Super Bowl formula, that he is a guy worthy of a nine-figure contract. But he hasn't gotten to the point where he's earned that nine-figure contract yet. But has he earned the continued evaluation of that? I think that's the discussion that would be continuing at Hallis Hall. 312-644-6767 is the post-post-show number you can give me a call in. Sean is out in Romeoville, wants to talk about what's happening right now with the Bears. What's happening, Sean? Uh, hello, Mr. Heron. Hello, sir. And you're, uh, it, you're the goods, man. It's always good to listen to you talk football, man, Thank you very on the much. radio. I can, I can do it all day. You know, uh, my thunder was taken a couple of times, <laughs> so I'll just have you elaborate on some other things. I was going to talk about how 
you know, it's. I think this is an ascending football team, and I do think it would be such a gamble to drop uh, a rookie quarterback in the mix of that, especially when you have some key guys who are in their athletic prime, guys like Sweat and DJ Moore. So, you know, what a gamble, man, unless you know for sure and you don't that this quarterback can hit the ground running. You know, how do you make that decision, you know, when you have an ascending young quarterback already in the building? So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a Justin Fields guy. I think he's I think he's everything you want um, in a franchise altering quarterback. I, I would keep him. Um, I would build around him. Um, I also think it's uh, I'm just kind of rambling because like I said, my thunder was taken. But I also think it was great how well he throws in bad weather. Yeah. I mean, you know, th- th- those weren't optimal conditions that he was, you know, for the most part, really accurate today and and not not he wasn't in a dome. You know, so I, I think that also says a lot. So anyway, I guess what I would I would like to ask you, and you know, you don't have to answer this, but if you had to answer this today, um, based on what you've seen, would you keep him and build around him, or take another quarterback? Uh, have a great day, man, and a good new year. I appreciate that, Sean. Happy New Year to you as well. Appreciate the call. If if Ryan Poles were sitting here right now, whether it was on the record or off, I'll say it. Maybe Ryan is is listening at this moment. Who knows? Maybe Kevin Warren is listening too. I, I tend to err on the side of patience more so than a lot of people with these scenarios. And I would give Justin Fields another season, even with the number one pick looming here, because of the uncertainty of the top pick in the draft. Now, I think the, the discussion has gotten a bit binary in, in thinking about the opportunity the Bears have to continue improving the roster and it's you know kind of turned into, well, either they improve the roster by drafting a quarterback number one, or then the roster is just kind of flatlined and it's not going to get any better, which, of course, is not the case. Even if the Bears don't bring in a quarterback, if they stick with Justin Fields and use, either use the number one pick on a different position or trade down because they're certainly viewed as quarterback prospects in this draft cycle where someone – would likely be willing to trade up to the top spot because there are so many teams who do feel like they need a quarterback right now. So if you trade Justin Fields, he's played well enough where you would likely get something significant in return for Justin Fields. But if the Bears decide to stick with Justin Fields as, you know, again, I wouldn't hammer them for moving on from Justin Fields and drafting a number one pick because I don't think Justin Fields has made that. And there's a variety of reasons for it. Some of those, though, are just his personal development. You know, there's even last week's game against Arizona. I didn't feel like Justin Fields consistently threw the ball well enough from within the pocket. And that is an area where you want to see him continue growing. I would like to. I'm sure the Bears want to see him continue developing there. But again, that doesn't mean you can't play winning football without that. There will be ups and downs with a lot of quarterbacks. There are ups and downs, even with quarterbacks who've already gotten that second contract and gotten paid, who show those ups and downs. You want to see more ups than being 15 out of 27 for 170 yards against that Arizona defense that he faced last week. I like the the quickness and the rhythm that he consistently got the ball out of his hands against, you know, the Cleveland Browns defense is maybe the best at-home defense in football. And he consistently was decisive getting the ball out of his hands in that game. Aside from Hail Marys, he didn't wouldn't have thrown any interceptions. He didn't throw one of the interceptions. It never got taken off his ledger for some reason. And the other interception was a, game, a ball that bounced into the hands of Darnell Mooney after bouncing around a little bit. So, really, neither of the interceptions against Cleveland concerned me. I did like the way he got the ball out of his hands consistently quickly. 
against the Browns, while at the same time, I would have liked to have seen more consistent accuracy as he was getting the football out of his hands. So there is growth that needs to continue happening for Justin Fields. I do feel like what we've seen from him as an NFL quarterback, the production that's there, I, I think it would be a big risk moving on from what he has shown and what I believe he has the potential to still become. So that number one pick, whether it's drafting an offensive lineman or a, a defensive pass rusher or someone else there, or just trading down and accumulating even more talent, you can set this roster up. Ryan Poles can set this roster up to truly be a quarterback away and then next season evaluate Justin Fields and see if Justin Fields next season to me would be the no excuses tour. With the roster, the Bears have the potential to set up for next year. I, I never view I've never used the term used the term no excuses tour this season as it relates to Justin Fields because of the situation he's in. It's a better roster, but not a quarterback away roster. It's a coaching staff that was still very unproven after last year. So to me, it was Matty Berflus, Luke Getze, and Justin Fields all needing to show development to show that they still deserve to be here. I believe Matty Berflus has shown development. I believe Justin Fields has shown development. I believe Luke Getze has shown development. So if all three are back next year, I'm not going to be flipping over tables about that. I, t- I think next season would be the true no-excuses tour for all three of those individuals if they came back next year because it should be a roster that is ready to roll by the time because of the position Ryan Poles has put himself and the Bears in. If you draft a rookie quarterback, can you really say it's a no-excuses season for a rookie QB in a year next year that should have definitive playoff expectations? That, to me, would be a tough spot to, to have that expectation on a rookie, while at the same time, if, if they think enough of one of these guys in this draft cycle, then they should go ahead and do it because it should be. Even if you draft at number one, you'll have another first-round pick. You'll be able to accumulate additional draft picks. You'll have money to spend. So the, either way, the Bears should be able to set this roster up in a very productive manner. But to uh, Sean and Romeoville's question, I, I still more veer more towards, and part of this is the way I feel about the quarterback prospects in this draft cycle. I'd rather see another year of Justin Fields. But I, I wouldn't hammer Ryan Poles if he feels strongly enough about Williams or May or Daniels to say that, you know what, I'm going to make this roster good enough next year for a rookie quarterback to come in and thrive in this scenario. Certainly saw Justin Fields thrive on the field today, though. It has been a lot of fun watching him. Who knows if that is his last home game at Soldier Field. There will be another data point with the Green Bay Packers, and that's who will be on 670 to score in just a few moments as Sunday Night Football coverage will be beginning here next on the score. And as it relates to the Bears' playoff hopes, right now their hopes are still alive. Uh, Let me see what's going on between Pittsburgh and Seattle right now. And Seattle lost. So as of right now, my understanding is with the Steelers defeating the Seahawks, Bears' playoff hopes are still alive as of right now. So who knows, man? There might still be something on the line as the Bears face the Packers next week. Part of the results of the game tonight that you will hear here on the score between the Vikings and the Packers will factor into that as well. Thanks to my guy Leo Stoddard on the ones and twos for me throughout the evening. Thank you to all of you for calling in, for listening in throughout all of 2023. Blessings to you as you prepare to embark upon 2024. Happy New Year to everyone 
listening in. I'm Anthony Heron. Appreciations and salutations to all of you from those of us at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Go Bears! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.